Are you ready? Can't the New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Burn, very passionate. Burn, Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live on the Elite Sports Radio Network from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. And, as always, I am joined by my co-host and colleague, live from Houston, Texas, everybody, it's Michael LaGarry! What up, Jet Nation? What's <laughs> up, baby? What a game, what a game. What's up, everybody? Yeah, we're coming at you uh, fresh off the... Jets Giants preseason game. Me and jo- me and Mike were able to enjoy the game together in Atlantic City for our fantasy football draft. There was a bit of a miscalculation on our end, not realizing that Atlantic City is obviously in the Philadelphia television area, and not thinking that the sports book wouldn't have the game on since the local channels did not play the game. The sports book told us that they don't have the NFL package until the season starts. Mike, for a few minutes there, it was panic mode. Palpitations, my my heart. I didn't know what to do, but hey, we we found out a way to stream it, and we got to see the game, both you and me. And well, I'm yeah, very- and you know, if you want to give anyone else credit, you can. Who who figured it out? It was me who figured it out. It got hooked you. up to the television. I won't I won't say what had to occur for us to get the game on illegally. No one needs to know these back channels that I worked like. <laughs> but the game was on in the living room. We got to watch it. We got to enjoy it. We got to see what the deal was with Sam. and the- I thought you made a call to Robbie and got ESNY on the job. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had to make a few moves, go on a few websites, maybe pop a few HDMI cables out here and there, but we did make it happen. And the Jets ended up losing the game, as we know, unfortunately, 22-16, Mike. But there was some things to take from this, some positives coming out of the game. I thought that Sam Darnold looked pretty good, had a touchdown pass. Um, his stats, I think, 8 for 16, Mike, 86 with a T, not that bad. Teddy's stats came out of this game, not that bad also. Continued to be efficient moving forward. So his stock didn't lower going into the season where maybe a quarterback gets banged up week one or two. But Teddy kept his stock at a, at a, at a good level, I think, as well. A lot of good takeaways from this game, even though they didn't win the game, Mike. What do you got to say about Sam and his performance? Let's start with that. Yeah, Darnold, man, he had a good day. Not a great day, but a good day. The penalties and the drops were just killing his drives. He led the Jets to two separate touchdown drives, which was very good to see. Like you said, 8 for 16, 86 yards, one touchdown, no turnovers, and an 87 quarterback passer rating. Of those eight completions, four of them were drops. So, like, looking at him from a quarterback standpoint, he got the ball where he was supposed to get it to, but you had guys like Neil Sterling and Robbie Anderson dropping balls, right? So four of them were drops. Three of them were throwaways. One of them that he got a little grounding. He held onto the ball too long and he addressed that as an issue. And one batted pass. So overall, you know, I thought it was a good day. I did his touchdown pass to Terrell Pryor showed his ability to read the defense. He found Terrell Pryor was the second receiver in his progression. The first one was covered and he showed poison in the pocket versus the rush and was able to read him and got him the ball and scored a touchdown. So I was very 
happy to actually see see that. Those were my thoughts of Sam Darnold. And Mike, when when Pryor caught that ball over the middle and ran it in, he showed. I, I won't. I, I won't act like I saw him play the most before the Jets had him. We have and we haven't been able to see him play in the preseason yet until that game. But he showed some actual speed when he took the ball across the middle, came around the corner there, got that touchdown. He looked pretty good. You can't tell much from one reception. It was a touchdown reception. But maybe he's going to end up being a dark horse weapon for us that's kind of blooming late in the preseason here, Mike. We know that Sam Darnold likes his big targets. We've seen it from the first two preseason games, how he likes to target his tight ends. And Terrell Pryor is essentially like a big body tight end but faster and with and with just as good or better hands so he could end up being a weapon that we don't even know about both him and Quincy haven't played until yesterday and we saw flashes for both receivers fresh off we didn't touch on this last week because it happened around the time that we recorded Mike the comments that Bart Scott had about Darren Lee former NFL star Bart Scott called out Jets linebacker Darren Lee saying this guy I don't want to call him soft but he is a little plush he went on to say the big run is right at him and you know what he did he jumped outside because he didn't want to stand on the train tracks when the train was coming through he questioned his heart toughness and he did it in a basically did it in a way that emasculated him as much as possible now i know bart scott not somebody that's remotely afraid to speak his mind all we hear is about their defense they can't stop a nosebleed that probably is exactly what he thinks however it does put someone like darren lee in a tough position he didn't respond he took the high road i thought he came out this week didn't play a bad game he had six tackles mike in about three quarters what do you think about his response the way he's handled it and then performance on the field i thought he responded like a professional he did he quietly did have a nice job he did a nice job in coverage on friday night against the giants uh while avery williamson uh struggled a bit lee had five targets 20 yards, so there were five targets with him as the defender for 20 yards and zero first downs. Avery Williamson had three targets, 34 yards for three first downs. So I actually thought, like you said, Darren Lee actually played a pretty good game and uh, when asked about it in the locker room, he gave a professional response and took the high road and that's what I expect the players on this team to do. I like that. You know what? So often today, it's so easy to continue one of those beefs back and forth with all the avenues people have with social media and whatnot, Mike. And it does seem like our human nature now is to continue things like this and petty insults. And that does come from the top of our country all the way down. And it seems like it's societal now, the way people react to one another. And it seems like for once you have somebody that's like, you know what, man, I'm just going to try to do my job on the field and not respond to that, which I do respect. And I do think he came out and played pretty good this week. The rest of the defense looked okay. Mike, uh, Luvu had a sack, which is pretty good, and he's been another surprise at camp so far. Somebody I think is going to make the team as a second stringer. What kind of grade did they give the rest of the defense in this game, Mike, especially that defensive line, which played so-so in this game. The, the first-teamers played okay. Where are you coming out on the defense in this one? Well, uh, real quick, the offensive line outside of quality, the pass protection was better than everyone thought. The PFF grades on the O-line for pass blocking Quali got a, and this is from zero to 100. Quali got a 43. Carpenter, 86. Long, 74.7. Winters, 79. And Shell had a 67.1. So actually, outside of Quali, the offensive line wasn't wasn't too bad. Now, the rest of the defense, I'll tell you this. There's two things, issues that I have. One is the penalties need to stop. 13 penalties for 108 yards. They've got to get better at that. But... There is something about the defense this entire preseason 
that you both you and I talked about in Atlantic City, and we got to tip our hats. Do you mean how the first team defense is yet to give up a single touchdown, which is always encouraging as you move into the season? Uh, I think it's been first team D has played about uh, six quarters of football, no touchdowns. That's encouraging, at least. Yes, it is, and I and I have to tip my hat because yes, special teams had a brutal night. Uh, fumble, kick, return, gave up a punt return for a TD, missed point, uh, um, extra points. Um, they had four penalties of their own, so uh, we saw a lot of sloppiness with that. Um, and the defense made penalties, but hey, they did not give up a touchdown this entire preseason. Hats off. I hope they continue to go after the ball and pay attention to detail while playing on that defensive line and running all of Todd Bowles' different defensive schemes. Like you said, Frankie Louvu had a, had a motor and are, is opening a lot of eyes. I have him as one of the players actually making our team. Yeah, I think he's going to make the team too, and we'll get to that in a little bit. There's some guys who think they're going to be cut this week. Some of the undrafted rookies, a lot of the undrafted rookies probably sliced off the team this week, Mike. I did like how Luvu looked, even during the, the entire run-up to this game. He's had some shots that I've, he's had a penalty on where he's crushed guys, but he's always managing to get to the quarterback or get to the, the point of attack on the play, which is encouraging for someone that young. And he had another good game this game. I thought Cannon looked decent, coming out of the backfield, did 30 yards receiving, he had 23 yards rushing on five carries. I know he had another little mishap on special teams, and he had, he had 71 yards returning kickoffs in the game. He had one little muff ball there. I don't know if they can necessarily count on him at this point on special teams, but it does look like he's 100% locked down that third running back spot, which isn't too much of a surprise to anyone. But coming into training camp, he was, a, he was a question mark, and it looks like he solidified his spot. Yeah, I think Andre Roberts is going to have those return duties. Uh, Trenton Cannon is a ta- talented young man. We'll be able to use him on third downs, especially while Elijah McGuire is out. But I do also believe that he has solidified that position. Uh, also, what I was ta- uh, talking about before with Avery Williamson, I know he may not have been a- as good in coverage as pass games, but he did have a strip where Leo just took down the field. You saw that? Oh, that was wonderful. And he showed a little bit of speed there, Leo. Yeah. Uh, running down the field. Avery Williamson obviously is our best linebacker on paper that we have. A ton of tackles last year. We'll be looking at him to be the main guy there at linebacker this year. You know, he's maybe not a name as many people know. Tremendous player. So that's the Jets and Giants game. And now we're going to get to the reason almost everybody tunes in to the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. We all know why. It's Michael Lagaris' news and notes. Mike, here we go. It is now time for... Hello, what's up, everybody? Mike's. You're a professional. I'm a professional. News and... Devastation to the locker room. Notes. It's the home of the Jets! Mike, you've never heard an introduction like that for any segment in the history of radio, television, podcast... DreamWorks or any other studio that's ever existed has never put that much time and effort into a production segment for one man. And that's you, Mike. Hit everybody. Let them know what you got this week. So this week, I think that we as Jet fans know that Sam Darnold is going to be the youngest starting quarterback in the history of the sport. Excuse me, Mike. Can you please repeat that? Sam Darnold is going to be the youngest starting quarterback. In the history of the sport. In the history of the sport. In the history of the sport. And I just wanted to go over what his stats were for the three preseason games and put those stats up against his contemporaries, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Jackson, Lamar Jackson. 
So Darnold had 244 yards total, two touchdowns, one interception. He was 29 for 45, 64% completion percentage. He led all rookies in that department. Rosen had 148 yards and a TD. Baker had 363 yards, two TDs and an int. Allen had 210 yards, two touchdowns. And Lamar Jackson had almost 300 yards, three TDs and int. Um, but he also did play one more game because of the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. They, played, they, had, they had one more extra game on everyone else. Right. But looking at the stats, Sam Darnold really looks to be the best and the right quarterback, rookie quarterback, to be the first one out the gate and start the season. As the starting quarterback, I couldn't be happier as a Jet fan. I hope that Beecham is back because Quale, like you know, has just, he's not a starting left tackle and we know they're thin, but I think we're gonna be good there at left tackle. I think Beecham is definitely slated to play. But looking at the the statistics, Darnold, I believe, has played the best out of all the quarterbacks. Would you agree? I, I do agree. I mean, we might be potentially slightly biased, Mike, but <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to argue with the facts and the data. Add to that mix, and this might not be something that's tangible for Sam Darnold, but it is for the rest of the world and the media, the really sad, depressing history of the Jets quarterbacks leading up to this, that he does have a little bit of pressure on him. He's playing in New York. All eyes are on him. He's not going to be doing anything under the radar, and he's managed to kind of not have that affect him at all in the preseason so far, which I really like a lot, Mike. No jitters, it seems. It seems like he's a natural. This is not something that bothers him. The moment is not too big for him in the preseason so far. We will see what happens to him uh, when Monday night football comes and he's out there starting in front of the whole nation, which is, I cannot even wait for that. But oh, I don't yeah. I don't know how anyone can argue it one way or the other. Baker Mayfield, I thought, did look good as well. Him and Darno, I, I think most people thought were the two best quarterbacks. Yeah. The preseason, to me, were the two best quarterbacks. Rosen, Allen, Jackson, we'll see what happens with them. Also great prospects. But it, it is encouraging the numbers that you mentioned. And it does feel good to think, Mike, that we're going into the year with a young rookie quarterback that's competent, doesn't seem that mistake-prone in the preseason at least yet. And we just have to hope all of this success and good vibes and the way he's ridden the field translates and carries over to the regular season because if it does, considering the beginning of the season schedule, they might be able to get off to a hot start. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited for Monday Night Football. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. So, one more preseason game coming up. It does seem like they always end the preseason up against the Eagles, local team. Uh, the game itself, Mike, we do not have to break down to a fine powder like we normally do because this game in so far as the results is not that important in so far as a few roster spots that teams are uh, the guys are fighting out there for it is important that's really what we're looking at here is the 53 man roster we have a yes. bunch of undrafted rookie free agents and we have some guys that we did draft in the draft this year that are maybe on the bubble there's about 12 or 13 of them right now that to me are floating around out there you could t- some guys have actually already been cut as we know Thomas got cut Jonah Trinaman got cut Austin Golson got caught. These are inconsequential in guys, end of the roster guys that were just basically there to fill some bodies up. But we have yeah. a bunch of other guys, Mike, uh, like Wentz, Brian, who was a safety. They got an undrafted free agent, Darius James. These guys are on the bubble, too. They're mostly just going to be special teams dudes. And even some of the like the fullback we drafted, Dimitri Flowers, hasn't really done much. I know he's been banged up, but we might. Uh, to the point now, 
Mike, that we might not even keep a fullback. Yeah. Um, we might just go with go with more tight ends in, in the sets, not use one at all. Trenton Cannon, I think, is going to be okay. But, Mike, I want to know, do you have anybody that you want to zero in on insofar as this final game or anybody you think is guaranteed to be sent packing going into this final game and it won't affect as far as the 53-man roster is concerned? Well, 53-man roster, I, I've actually gone through and tried to develop the the roster to who I've seen from what all the reports I've seen through camp what I've seen in preseason games um who's going to make it and who's not and um the one of the questions you asked me was there somebody that is inevitable to be cut and that's Lorenzo Malden I don't care what happens in this fourth game he's not going to be on this team he's done that that's one guy that i really will put my foot down on and say that is not going to make the team. I also think that they're going to cut Rawls. I think that they're going to cut Atkinson, and I think that they're going to put Flowers on the practice squad while Elijah McGuire is on IR, and they'll keep four running backs, Crowell, Powell, Cannon, and Charkandrick West, who they just brought brought up and Charkandrick's going to get a lot of burn in this fourth game and I think he's going to make the team and I think I do think he is yeah he'll get burn in this fourth game and then I think Mike they also signed a quarterback this week just to play in this game yes and he'll get cut so I don't even oh no yeah no we're not gonna (laughs) he doesn't you're not even gonna get enough respect from us to mention you Because you're not a real jet. But one guy, one guy I'm stoked about, Mike, and we spoke about him earlier, an undrafted free agent, Frankie Luvu. He has four tackles in a sack in the preseason. Um, he's getting an occasional look at outside linebacker. Looks more likely to be a second teamer, like we said. Should see some time in the outside linebacker rotation. He's been a standout to me. One of the guys that's flashed as a linebacker on the team. Seems to have good instincts. Maybe needs to get his head down a little bit more with his tackling. But I don't see him getting cut, Mike. I do think he's going to make the team. And you'll see him out there on special teams tearing it up every weekend. I agree. I agree. On the edge and the outside linebackers, I've got J.J., Obviously, Jordan Jenkins, Josh okay. Martin, Luvu, Bass, and Dylan Donahue all making the team. I see Malden, Copeland, and Guachem getting cut. Uh, Donahue probably going to make the squad. It seems like the linebacker position that was always kind of a gray area for us all of this this preseason so far, Mike, it has hashed itself out. Frankie Luvu is a, is a surprise, but maybe adds a little depth to us moving forward in the season if we have an injury or two. A guy that hasn't played really that much because he's been hurting was Perry Nickerson looked tremendous early on in camp um looked like he could be the number four quarterback and he still could be the number four cornerback getting closer to full health now Mike what do you think about him do you think that he's going to be someone that makes the team 100 percent is the injury holding him back at all what do you think I definitely think he's going to make the team. He's going to be the replacement for Buster Screen, as we talked about earlier. Screen's going to make the team as well. Um, I also think that uh, Claiborne, obviously, and Johnson are the others. So Johnson, Claiborne, Nickerson, Jones, and Screen will make the team. They're going to cut Daryl Roberts. They're going to cut Burris, finally, another terrible draft pick. Coleman and Singfield will all be cut. And I believe that Rashard Robinson is on IR because he's hurt. And Jeremy Clark will make the practice squad. Okay. All right, Mike, so that's that's the defensive back position there. When it comes to our defensive line, six-round draft pick, Fatukasi, looks like he's going to make the squad, second-team defense. It's awesome when you get a sixth-rounder and an undrafted free agent like Luvu that looks like they're going to make the team. Make sure your scouts and your GM and all the work they put in 
in the offseason and during the regular season, the advanced scouting and all those type of things, looking at guys like Fatukasi, makes them look good. He might be a practice squad stash, but there is a chance Mikey makes the actual roster. We know Nathan Shepard's making the roster. Um, looks like actually a starter opposite Leonard Williams. Looks great, especially in the run game. He's looked really, really good. What do you think when it comes to defensive line, Mike? Is there anyone you think is going to get the chopping block after this fourth game? Xavier Cooper, I think, is going to be cut. I also think Thomas and Kendall Reyes are all going to get cut. I think Simon is going to get stashed on the practice squad again, and Fatu Kasi will make the team, along with Mike Pinnell, Henry Anderson, Shepard, McClendon, and Williams. Now, Anderson, you know, being that we got him for a seventh-round pick, and him just flashing, I think that was a tremendous pick by Mike McCagnan. Um, unfortunately, McClendon isn't playing right now because of injury so it looks like Mike Pinnell is going to be star starting nose tackle but he has shown an ability to be able to play it's not a huge drop off from McClendon to Pennell um, but I am very happy to see that Fatu Kasi played well enough and I think that he played well enough to make our team and when it comes to the offensive side of the ball Mike um, our offensive line which is a massive gray area going into the 2018 football season, especially when it comes to the depth and the second string guys. Whole bunch of names that people don't know. Even our offensive line has a lot of names. The starters that guys don't know. Uh, Darius James, I think, is going to be cut this week. He's an undrafted free agent. A bunch of other guys. Nondescript backups we have. And nondescript offensive line battle to a degree we had also. The line didn't play that bad this week against the Giants. And I'll say this, and I've mentioned this to you, Mike, previously, that you don't always need to have five guys that are Pro Bowl guys to have a good offensive line. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you can have five guys that are even around average, and if they can work together really well, you can still be successful um, in the NFL. What I was worried about is, do we even have five guys that are average? I don't know if that's, that's true or not. And when it comes down to these cuts here, all I know is that whoever is out there, I don't care who it is, their entire life focus needs to be protecting Sam Darnold at all costs. Yeah, you know what? Now, my team that I have picked out, uh, they probably may not go this way, but I went this way because I feel that it's the best value. Getting cut, James, like you said, Grodkowski, I've got Swanson getting cut, and Swanson was our, we signed him as a backup center to Long, and we know that Long hasn't had the the greatest uh, uh, career in regards to injuries. But I have Harrison making the team, and I have Harrison making the team because of his versatile, because he's versatile. He could play backup center and backup guard like he just did for Brian Winters. So I think they're gonna keep Harrison and Dakota, and they're gonna keep Dakota Dozier, Okay. Quale, Shell, Winters, Long, Carpenter, and Beecham. Those are the guys I think Brandon Braden is Ben Braden Ben Braden is going to be put on the practice squad along with Dakota Shepley. Ijalan is on IR. When he gets back, they'll probably cut Dozier. Yeah, and Antonio Garcia, the cat that we got from the Patriots, he's getting slashed. He's yeah, he's getting he's we know he's getting cut. When you yeah. like we said, when you when children are coming up to you and hitting you with foam footballs and knocking you over, like apparently yeah. was happening to him in drills, you're not you're not gonna make the team. I'm sorry. Uh, and you know, Mike, it is like you, like you mentioned a moment ago, when you have versatility on an offensive line, those are the type of things that can keep you on a roster, especially one like ours that's lacking depth at different places. Uh, if you're someone that could fill in for a bunch of different people, you can keep yourself going in this league for a really, really long time. When it comes to our wide receiver position, Mike, somebody whose stock to me is down. 
which was the beginning of the year. I should, the beginning of training camp, someone we were keeping an eye on was Chris Hansen, the wide receiver. Hasn't done anything in the preseason so far. Hasn't been able to get anything done, it seems, at all. He's somebody that I do not see making this team this year, unfortunately. I know we picked him in the middle of the draft last year, used to pick on him. High hopes, came in this year a little bit bigger. Heard he was catching everything in the, in the mini camps prior to this. Hasn't really shown much in the preseason, though, Mike. I don't know if he's going to be able to hold on to a roster spot. All right, let me let me challenge you on that for one second. So Stewart is suspended, so we don't have to worry about him till week three, right? So he's suspended. Robbie, we know, is making it. Quincy, we know, is making it. Curse is making it. Pryor's making it. McBride, I believe, is making it. And so is Andre Roberts as our return man. You Absolutely. agree with those guys? Yeah, okay. that's, six, that's the six guys so, right there. So that means that either they go seven, and if they did go seven, it's between Sherry on peak and Chad Hansen. And you're saying that you think that they would probably not keep either of them or keep peak over Hansen. I mean, right now, so far in this preseason, out of the two of which neither of them has done much, Mike, uh, Peak is at least somebody who's caught a touchdown. I haven't seen Hanson do anything. If you would have told me that he didn't play in any of these games, I wouldn't even know. I mean, and I'm not saying that that is necessarily all his fault. Sometimes the play doesn't go your way. You don't get a look. But if you're in his situation, you need to do something to distinguish yourself. I don't think he's done that. I'm not saying Peak's done that either. But with Darius Stewart being out, there is a spot to be had. I just don't think it's going to be Hanson. I think he's someone they're going to let go when it comes to the season, Mike, because they don't know how much versatility he adds on special teams and other places on the team. Yeah, that's true. And the thing is, Peak is a starter on special teams. He exactly. Plays, he is a starter. He is a contributor on that team, and he was even last year. So, yeah, that's a pretty bold take. Uh, I was I had Hanson making the team. I had man, I had him making the team on the strength that McCagnin wasn't going to cut, have him cut. Uh, well, we'll see. And there's a potential that this last preseason game is a big game for him. Now, we yeah. don't know that. Oh, we don't know absolutely. if this is what they're looking at. But um, it does seem like he's somebody that's going to need to show something. He'll get a lot of burn in this game. A lot of the twos and the threes and the fours are going to get a lot of burn in this game. As we know, it's his chance to show something. But to me, his stock has been down. Someone else whose stock's been down at the tight end position, Mike, is Eric Tomlinson. In this tight end competition with all these guys, it does seem like we have a lot of guys that are competent. And I know he's just he's basically just in there for blocking. That's what I was saying, and I think I have him making the team just on that alone because he's the best blocker of the of the four. But I would say this to you is that we have Herndon and we have Leggett who each have been, I don't even know if either of them have a catch in the preseason yet. They're young and we use a draft pick on each of them and they could potentially be either of them our starting tight end for the future, but Neil Sterling has played the best of any of the tight ends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. st- statistically, he's, to me, played the best. Um, it's hard to really argue that. It's surprising for sure. But he's played the best. I don't know if they hold on to him. Looks like he can actually hold. It looks like he can actually catch the ball, run with the ball. I I got them taking all four: Leggett, Herndon, Tomlinson, and Sterling, and cutting Walford. Okay, yeah. See that that's that's more than likely the way they go. Walford is going to end up being on the cutting room floor. Uh, when it comes to the running back position, I think we've been over it already. Mike Rawls yeah. is going to be gone. They probably they got Chikandrick Weston here now. He seems like somebody they're going to hold on to. Rawls hasn't shown much, Mike. I know it's hard for you to part with him. He's someone you have a personal attachment to in a fantasy football sense from yesteryear. However, he's going to be on the cutting room floor as well, Thomas Rawls. I do not see him making this team at all. Yeah, he's he, he's he's definitely going to be he's definitely going to be cut. As far as the inside linebacker, do you think Neville Hewitt's making the team? I don't know how it, it's it's hard for me to see how they don't hold on to him in some way, shape, or form just because he has 21 tackles. He leads the team in tackles in the preseason. 
uh, last game, not so much, but the previous games before that, he played tremendous. I don't know, Mike, how much stock do you put into preseason tackles and how much stock do you put into someone's performance um, when you're going... I, I, he did play some time with the ones, so it's not, yeah. like he only, it's not like he only played against backups. He didn't. But I don't know how much stock they put in that. He seems like it's hard decision to make because he's probably been the best linebacker on the team in the preseason. Yes! At every single... and every day... I look at practice and I look at the stars, Hewitt's one of the guys. I absolutely have him making the team. I've got Lee, Williamson, Minter, and Hewitt as the four inside linebackers we're going to keep. Anthony Wint is going to get put on the practice squad, and Kevin Pierre-Louis is on IR. Yes. All right, let's get to the safety position, Mike, where we have a bit of a surprise. Um, as we know, we have Marcus May and we've got our boy Jamal Adams. Both of them uh, look good in the preseason, look good last year as well. But this preseason, Doug Middleton, Mike, has been one of the surprises of camp and one of the surprises of the preseason games. He's played great. Looks like he's solidified himself as the backup safety because he can play both positions. He looks like he's going to be the guy who's definitely going to make the squad. They also used some three safety packages in the preseason, and he, he was really formidable in those situations as well out there with Adams and May. I don't see him getting caught. I think he's going to make the team, Mike. We know who our starters are going to be. Who else do you think on the uh, when it comes to the safety position is going to make the team? Uh, yeah, like you said, Adam and Mays are our starters. We know that. Uh, J.J. Wilcox absolutely is going to take make the team. Brooks and Middleton, those are the five safeties I've got. They're going to cut Bryant. And practice squad, Casey Rogers, I think, will go to the practice squad. And Rontez Miles is currently on IR. And when he gets back, they'll make a decision about him. Yeah, I mean, most all the defensive positions seem like they've shaken themselves out. We have special teams to think of, which is... Bertolette! What a bit of a mess we have here, though. We cut Cairo Santos, who we thought was going to be our kicker. Uh, he was super accurate previously in the NFL. Nope, not so much. She's been banged up, hasn't done anything. And what what's going on here, Mike? Is it going to be Bertolette? Is that going to be the kicker going in this year? I don't know if that's someone we can necessarily... I, I just feel like his last thing... I just feel like he's a scrub, son. I don't... It's, 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 it's not me. I, don't, I shouldn't feel that way, but it's like... Son, you ever like just just meet somebody and they give you their name and you just look at them and you're like, yo, you're jabronis, huh? Jabroni. Jabroni. Oh wow. You're so you're you're practicing you're practicing nameism now. I know. Where you, where you, I know. <laughs> I know. Look, maybe he's a great kicker, but he just strikes. Well, he sounds like he'd be like a left winger for the Canadians. The Montreal Canadiens. He doesn't sound like a, like a football player, but I'll go ahead and not judge someone by their name. I'll judge him by his performance we've seen, which has not been very impressive at all. That The bit that we've seen him, uh, I don't know why it would do anything to inspire confidence in anyone, and kicker position is so frustrating anyway. Maybe there's someone out there in free agency that gets cut by another team, Mike. This end of the preseason that does happen sometimes, where yeah. a, de a decent kicker falls off another team and you can improve your team. That's one of the positions at the end of the year has the most movement. If you notice the end of the preseason, you'll see teams at a kicker they didn't have the entire preseason to their roster because he's better than what they do have. So we'll see if he ends up being the starter come week one. But I do think he'll make the team in the interim because you know why? We don't have anyone else. Right, and we, and we don't. I mean, Myers, I really don't think is anybody to put any stock in. No. So that, you know, like you said, we'll see. We'll run with Bertolette for a little bit, and then we'll see how the, the season plays out. And we all know that the last position, before we get to the quarterbacks, Lachlan Edwards is absolutely going to make the team. Oh, up. we know. Uh, he's he's Our punter's decent. Not that you really want to brag too much about your punter, but he last year he was booming the ball. This year in the preseason, he's been booming the ball as well. I don't think we have to worry too much about that. And then, of course, we have the quarterback position, which we know no one's going to get cut. We have three guys. They're all making the team. 
But the starter, it looks like the anointed chosen one, the golden child. Is he not the chosen one? Is Sam Darnold. And that looks like a, a locked in 100% fact at this point, Mike. We wondered it going into our first episode. Is Sam going to be the guy? Will he start this year? Will he not? Is the offensive line okay enough to protect him? I guess well, I guess we're going to have to find out, Mike, because he's going to be rolling week one versus the Lions. Monday night football. I can't and wait. If was, and if it was left up to me, Keith, I would hold on to Teddy for now and let Sam play for a little bit. And let's just see if Teddy's stock rises at all. If we can get something great, go ahead and pull the trigger, Mike McCagnan. I don't know how to i tell you it's 50 50 to me that he's on the roster by week one right now yeah no it's it is that's true and we're st- we'll see what happens this last week and then before week one of the nfl season teams are 100 percent hashing out what they think their chances are we know there's only 16 games why waste any of them if you think you can contend for the super bowl if you think a quarterback is out there that can improve your team or get you closer to winning the whole thing, which Teddy Bridgewater might be that guy for some people, Mike, and some teams, as we've mentioned, the Jaguars, a few other teams. But week one will occur, and then week two and week three, and that beginning of the season, if someone does go down, if, God forbid, there's a horrible injury like what happened to Aaron Rodgers last year and many other quarterbacks on a contending team, and you're sitting there with Teddy Bridgewater, his stock all of a sudden goes from... The Jets trying to get a third or fourth round pick or maybe a second in the best case scenario to the Jets have the have the leverage on their side and they can tell a team they want a first round pick or maybe a player compensatory to the level of a first round pick. So patience could be a virtue and that could be the way to go. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I'm really I think that uh, that wraps up our 53 man roster. Uh, I agree with everything you said. I thought the Hanson take was really bold, and you, hey, we're going to find out here in about a week or so. Yeah, we'll see. Well, next next week, we'll be talking about that, the roster cuts, what's going on the final week of the, pre, uh, the preseason, and we'll also have a guest on the show, none other than a 60-year <laughs> Jets fan named Andrew Farrell. He birthed me into this, this psychotic green and white cult that we're all part of. This team that we all follow as Jet fans, he's the reason that I have this podcast and the reason that I love the Jets so much and have rooted for them my whole life. We're going to have him on the show talking about a few things in the past 60 years, which is hard to fathom of being a Jet fan and the whole time he's rooted for the team. Uh, it should be a lot of fun talking to him about that. He's been rooting for him since day one, back in the day, going to the polo grounds with his friends. So my dad has a lot of stories. We'll get his take on the past, the present, and the future with Sam Darno. I can't wait. And that'll be great. I want to thank Michael Garris, my colleague, as always, for joining me. This was another amazing edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasted to you on the Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow us on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, on Instagram at jet.aebg, and on Facebook at aebg.jetsradio. You heard the man. That's where you get at us. Keep supporting us. We appreciate it, everybody. Talk to you next week. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird, Bird. very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Y'all feel sucks. Darn an unbeliever.